Amen. Should we take our seats together? Can we just thank the worship band? Thank you, Sophie, for leading us. Yeah, just amazing uh, songs of truth that capture the heart of the gospel, amazing prayers, amazing words that, that have been brought. It feels miles away. How are you all doing? Or I'll kneel down and preach, either one. Uh, it's really good to worship together. Um, we're, at the moment, we're in uh, our March month of equipping. Um, last week, we had Steve uh, teaching on how to pray for the sick. Um, and just a great morning. Again, you can catch that online on our website um, or uh, via the church email or on SoundCloud. All very exciting things. Um, SoundCloud's a great, great podcast and listening app, so feel free to check it out. Um, and so we're in this March month of equipping. We've got Hankanune next weekend. No idea what they're going to share, so uh, that'll be exciting. Um, and then continuing on the week after uh, through to the end of the month. And then it's pretty much Easter. And again, we get to celebrate Easter. When? Every day. <laughs> I wish it could be Easter every day. And so because we want to be really intentional uh, through this uh, month of equipping, some of the things that I speak about this morning may only be on headline level. Um, And I think that's okay. It's okay for you to go away with questions or to commit to saying, I didn't did he say this or I'm reading up and the joy of being in small group communities means that we can we can spur one another on and and talk about these sort of things uh, during the week as well um, or in our own times of study or with those around us who uh, help us in our walk with Jesus Um, and so as preachers and teachers uh, we we get the privilege of sharing on Sundays um, with the, the aim of helping to equip and build up this local church uh, to become more like Jesus, to be built up in our faith uh, and understanding of the Bible and to allow each of us to prayerfully process and to apply uh, these truths to our lives. We preach Christ crucified. The songs we've sung are cross-centered songs. They're focused on Jesus, you will have noticed, um, And it's at the very heart of our faith. Jesus, him crucified, him risen from the dead is at the very heart of our faith. It's at the very center of history. uh, And it's the most important event to have ever taken place. And so that's what we celebrate when we come together. Yeah, can we just pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us. Lord, we thank you that you are risen Lord, we thank you that you are the one who's seated, ruling and reigning over all things, seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your cross. Lord, the death you died that made a way for us. Lord, to worship with such freedom this morning. Lord, to to have such intimate access to you by the Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, we do open ourselves to you right now. Lord, come and speak to us, speak to our hearts. Lord, you're the one who empowers us. You're the one who equips us. Uh, And so, Lord Jesus, we just invite you today. Come and have your way with us. Come and speak to us. Come and shape us, transform us into the people you've called us to be, we ask in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So there's three key areas that I want us to focus in on this morning as we look at how to share the gospel with other people. Uh, The first of those is conviction, by which I mean understanding the gospel, having that utter conviction that the gospel is true and that we, uh, that we follow the truth of the gospel. The second thing is compassion, knowing God's heart for people, seeing his heart for people and having compassion ourselves on those around us. And the third thing is confidence. It's a confidence that only comes from being filled with the Spirit. It's a confidence that we need to have if we're going to share with others. It's a confidence in the gospel and in the work of his Spirit through us. And so we'll start with conviction. We cannot share what we don't have. We cannot speak about what we don't know and we can't invite people into a relationship with somebody who we don't know. This could be one of the first hurdles for us um, that we don't truly understand or haven't truly accepted the gospel itself. Or maybe we've misunderstood it in some way but to have an underlying conviction that has led us to accept and has convinced us of the truth of the gospel, the reality of the gospel, the the wonderful news of the gospel. And it's only when we are transformed by the gospel that we can see the gospel transforming others through ourselves. So let's take a moment just to look at what is the gospel. The gospel, the word gospel means very practically good news. Um, the original Greek word should, should be behind me. Anyone fancy having a go at saying some of those? So we have the good news itself, the noun of uh, what's translated gospel, the good news itself. We have the verb, the sharing of the gospel, and we have another noun, the person who shares the gospel, the messenger. And so we, we talk about these, these three things, the, the good news in its entirety, the good news of Jesus, that he died, that he was buried, that he rose again, uh, and conquering sin and death with it. And we have the, the role of sharing the good news with those around us. The good news, good news needs sharing, right? Um, and so we become those who bring and carry good news uh, to those around us. The Bible speaks of so many beautiful ways that the gospel is good news to people. And at the very heart of this is love. God is in very nature love. There's a reason that the verse John 3.16 is so world-renowned and so commonly used. Um, It's because it encompasses the heart of the gospel so so wonderfully. So John 3.16 says... For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that anyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Just a beautiful gospel. Again it goes on, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. He didn't come to condemn, he came to save. Our message is one of love. It flows from the Father through the act of of Jesus' death and resurrection, and we've received such love. And so it's out of that love that we share. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, um, 1 Corinthians 15, um, and speaking of the thing that is of first importance that he carries to them, uh, he says, I want to remind you of the gospel. He says, 
the gospel is that Christ died for you. He died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to his disciples. So the gospel is Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he was raised to life on the third day. Christ died, Jesus died, was buried and raised to life. This is, in its simplest form, the gospel. Um, A few years back, we held our Love Crawley weekend, uh, where on the Friday and Saturday of the weekend, we went out across the town, um, scores of people in wonderful blue t-shirts, probably about 100 of us, many of you will be here today, Um, and just an opportunity for us to go and love the town around us. We offered to pray for people, we offered to share the gospel with people, we spoke to people about Jesus and the fact that he died for them, that he loves them so much. That was what we did, and then we invited them to a open air church service on the Sunday morning um, where people came and and heard the songs we sing full of truth again, uh, who heard little testimonies of Jesus transforming lives um, and then little preaches, bits from the scripture that that walks through that. Um, And we had these little cards that we had um, that we took out and, and some New Testament Uh, Bibles that we took out with us and on the the back of the cards were were five Bible verses that you can walk through that just tries to encompass those Um, and I just want to work through those five verses now they'll come up behind me and we'll we'll just look through them together ponder them um, because I think it's so important this whole idea of conviction of the gospel the idea that that we have such an understanding, such a foundation of the gospel, it's in that place that we understand, ah, oh, yeah, this, this is good news, this is true, and I understand it, so I can communicate it. Um, so if we can have up the first Romans 3, um, 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. The next one, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Then back to Romans 5. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Next one, Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And then finally, Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The gospel by very nature is good news. By definition, it is good news. It's something that should be shared. We live in a a culture where bad news is shared more readily than good news is. Um, You'll only have to flick on the news, read the newspapers, look at your Facebook timeline, or whatever the cool kids do nowadays. Um, It's filled with bad news. It's filled with negative media. It's it's full of fear-spreading But where's the good news? Where is the good news? The news that brings hope to people. The news that removes fear. The gospel, the gospel that those of us who believe, believe in, is a gospel of salvation. It's a saving gospel. It's a gospel of restoration. It looks at at 
holistic restoration, the restoration of our hearts, the restoration of relationships between ourselves and God. And and the aftermath of that is that it leads to forgiveness and and wonderful things that, that just tie in time and time again. And so it speaks of the forgiveness of our sins um, that makes us right with God. It speaks of, of freedom with those who have been set free from sin, from addiction, from slavery. The, the Bible teaches us that we have to proclaim freedom to captives. It's a gospel of adoption. It talks about us being accepted and loved by a heavenly father. We become children of God as we accept. These are good Good things. These are things that make my heart jump, uh, maybe make my feet jump occasionally uh, in worship, but, but they're just things that do us good. Um, and it's a gospel of acceptance when we're, we're feeling lost or betrayed. These are, these are the kind of themes that, that we catch in the gospel, and so they're the kind of themes that we get to bring to other people um, as we share the gospel with them. And so there's much more than just what's behind me on the screen. Um, But the more we understand the gospel, the better it gets and the easier it becomes to communicate. So let's look at why why should we share it? What's What's the point in us sharing it? So the Bible tells us many stories about Jesus and through all of these, Steve touched on some of them last week, uh, that, that Jesus just went around telling, preaching the good news of the kingdom. And as followers of Jesus, we do what he did. It's pretty simple. It may seem like the, the kind of truth of Sunday school answers, but it is because Jesus did it, we do likewise. He modeled something to us And as those who follow him, we do likewise. The other thing is that Jesus told us to do it. We're to be those who obey um, and to be those who teach others to obey all that he commanded. The the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded, says Jesus. And so we do it out of obedience. We do it because he modeled it. We do it because he tells us to. Um, In 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We read earlier, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. That's the truth of it. We are to carry a salvation message, not a condemning message. We're not to bring judgment on people. We're not to judge them. Jesus is the judge. He's the one who will judge. It's not our role to do that. But rather, we get to proclaim the freedom that comes from the gospel, the liberty uh, for the captive heart. And so as we choose to follow and obey Jesus, in looking to him, we see that his motivation for sharing with people was his love and his compassion for them. It was more than a, a motivation. It was in his very nature. It was his love and compassion. And so it's our compassion for others that leads us to share the hope of Jesus with them. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, 
uh, starting at verse 3, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. It's from what we've received from God that we go and do likewise. It's from the comfort and the compassion we've known of God that we get to go and give comfort and compassion to those around us. And it's at the very heart of the gospel. And so what we believe is of eternal significance. John 3.16 says you will have eternal life, not to, um, not to fall away, but to, to inherit eternal life. And so this is, our salvation is an eternal salvation. It affects from now until the end of time and then some. Therefore, this gospel that we've been entrusted with is of eternal significance for every single person in this world. And that should affect us. C.S. Lewis says this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. If true is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. <laughs> and this, this is a quote that they use on the Alpha course that we're running at the moment. And it's, it just sums it up so brilliantly in that what we've got, what we've accepted, is not, is not of moderate importance. It's, not, it's all right. I mean, it's, it's of absolute significance to every single person in this earth. And again, it's when we understand that, and it's when we understand the compassion that Jesus had for people and that we get, to, we get to hold that and carry that to people that we get to see the gospel at work. And so, as followers of Jesus, we've been entrusted with a treasure that is of infinite importance and so our compassion for other people is what will cause us to share this treasure and invite them to share in it with us. In Matthew chapter 9, uh, Steve touched on this verse again last week. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And here's what it says. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I just want to read a little bit on. I've cut it off on uh, mine, but I think it goes on to the song we were singing just earlier. Um, yeah. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Again, here we see the compassion that Jesus had on them and the need for followers, disciples, of which you and I are those, if we've accepted Jesus, to go and to be the workers that bring about the harvest because it's ready, it's ripe. In Crawley, there are people who are ready to come to know Jesus. But as the, as the word of the Lord says, how will they know if nobody tells them? How will they know? I think the contrast to this, or maybe the challenge, counter-challenge on this, um, is that one of the biggest things that hinders us from sharing is therefore a lack of compassion for people. 
Um, Wills is going to speak tonight at our prayer meeting and share some, some of his experience and some of the things God's spoken to him about more recently that, that really feeds into this um, idea, some of the, maybe the judgments or the preconceptions we have of people or the things that get in the way of us sharing the gospel and how God wants to overcome that for the sake of his gospel. And so I think because... Um, because of this, again, it's such a challenge to me. I thought, surely not. I, I love people. I love you guys. You're all right. Um, but when I took a step back and I looked at, at what I do and how I spend my time, and then I look at why it is the way it is, um, I realized that my frustration with not seeing um, more opportunities for sharing the gospel is much more in my hands than it is in anyone else's. And it's much more to do with my mindset and my understanding and my compassion for people. And we live in a really isolated uh, and self-centered culture where my needs come first. And I'll do things um, for other people, but only if it doesn't inconvenience me. Um, but we belong to a greater kingdom and a greater culture. And it's a culture that prefers other people and places them above ourselves, their needs before ours. That's, that's how we are to be in the church, and it's how we're to serve those outside of the church. We're to look to their needs, to see their needs, and to put them before our own. And if we've got a gospel of salvation that is of eternal significance, then we need to do that and respond to that. And so it's at this point, having hopefully laid a foundation, that I'd love to invite the band up. Um, we're just going to spend... Um, maybe five, ten minutes worshipping, um, and then we'll come back and, and look at some really practical ways of which we can take the next step in sharing, um, sharing the gospel. And so I want us just to digest some of what, what I've shared, to, to worship the God who shows us such compassion, the God of all comfort, to reflect on this gift of grace and of eternal um, significance, and it's for him to impress on us the same compassion that he has for people. We want to carry the heart of God. We want to carry his love for people. And so as we worship, let's just come with open hearts. Again, let him speak to us as we speak to him and sing songs of, of worship to him. Can we stand again together? We're going to worship, then we'll come back in maybe 10 minutes time and do some more practical stuff. Well, Joe talking about compassion this week and Steve raising it last week. But it's been around, isn't it? God's compassion. We saw it in Jesus' life. And I don't know about you, but fear does hold you back. <laughs> I was just saying about fear holding you back. Fear holds me back. It holds us back. And it's perhaps hold me back from having conversations at work. Um, but just a little story about what happened about three, four weeks ago. Um, I was having a conversation with one of my receptionists who I say hello to every day and um, and she was struggling to do things with opening up milk bottles and things and and I just chatted to her a bit more than perhaps normal and she said I'm not sleeping um, it's just terrible and and I said so why the difficult she says oh didn't you know I'm hiding it quite well but the arthritis is getting to me now and, um, and we got in the conversation so I was having a coffee with my mate <laughs> And uh, we were just chatting about work and things. And then this, this compassion came over to me because I understood what she was going through. I saw my nan sort of deteriorate with arthritis in the latter parts of her life. And, um, and 
I wasn't prepared, I don't know, I wasn't prepared to not say something because of the compassion that suddenly was with me. Um, so I just said, look, I told her a story. I said, well, there was one time when I fell off a climbing wall when I was younger, and I, I hit the deck and I damaged my spine, and I couldn't carry things, and I was going to go on a big, long journey. And, and I said, look, I was in pain as a young man, and, um, and I had some Christian friends who... Um, I said, could you pray for me? I'm in pain. And I said, so they prayed for me. And I said, I didn't feel a thing. But I said, about a week later, I realized that the pain had gone. And I said, and she said, oh, can you get your friends to pray for me? <laughs> and I said, so it, it, the, the compassion was like, I, I just tried to relate it to a story that God had done for me because I've met him. We've met him, haven't we? He's done good things for us. And I was just trying to open her up to the fact that, you know, God's real, so um, I said, yeah, of course, but we could pray now if you wanted. And I said, so we carried on making our coffee. And my mate, where we were having our coffee was, was beginning to edge away a bit. <laughs> and uh, so I just said, look, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. I'll tell you what, I'm going to pray. If you're up for it, I'm going to pray for you now. And, um, and she said, oh, that'd be love. Thanks, Justin. That was lovely. Um, so we carried on making the coffee. And just before we went up to um, back to our work, and I just said, look, in the, look can you please, Jesus, I've met you. And my friend here really needs you to uh, meet her. I said, Jesus, would you heal her hands? And I said, we're going to go back to work now. <laughs> but I said, um, she said, I, and I said, I will get my friends to pray. So in our small group that week, I said to my guys in, in our small group that I go to, um, I said, look, my friend at work's asked if you'll pray for her. So we prayed. And I don't know what God's going to do. But we do know that actually he's in the mix, isn't he? And, and I think... For me, through my life, compassion has been one of the things where, you know, you suddenly put your hand on someone's shoulder because you feel compassion for them when you, didn't, when you walked in the room. And I've had people turning around to me and saying, why did you put your hand on my shoulder at exactly that time? Because God, I was praying to God about my situation. And, and, and I think if we listen to God and listen to him, then actually he's going to open up. I'd rather leave God with people, amen, than actually feel I have to be alongside them all the time. We can leave God walks with people all the time. And I just pray for, for her and we can pray for our friends that God actually is in the mix of their lives and give them faith that he does care for them. So that's mine. Okay. I think Cool, feel free to take your seats if you haven't already... <clears throat> it's really important what Justin just shared um, I think when God God gives us his compassion I think he shares it with us and I think again it, at times it comes very intensely and for a specific person or moment what I'm, we're about to go through again on some some much more practical and we're just going to process some of this stuff together. Um, but I think we just want to be open to God speaking, don't we? And God doing things. And, um, and we want to respond. So, so let's look at what, what is it God's called us to do. Justin's absolutely right there. That we're better off leaving people with God than we are sticking around. Because um, God, God calls us to be obedient. He calls us to make disciples Calls us to make disciples of people, not to save people, nor to heal people, 
Salvation belongs to the Lord. It says in both Jonah, the book of Jonah, and in Revelation, salvation belongs to our God. It's a work that he does. Healing is a work that he does. Often he'll use us in both of those, in salvation, in sharing the gospel, and as people respond, often it'll be people who lead people to Jesus, and it'll be people who pray for people who are sick and they are healed. And, and so it's so important we, we're not to disassociate ourselves from it or to lessen our need to respond, but we are to be those who take steps um, towards this. It's not out of compulsion or a need to work for this, um, because that's not the gospel. We read earlier, the gospel is not a gospel of works. It's a gospel of grace. It's a gift from God, not something we've earned or received. It's something that Jesus has done and given to us. The apostle Paul, in writing to the church in Corinth, says this. He says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some for the sake of the gospel. And so it's really important that as we, um, as we look at that, what does is, what is becoming all things to all people in every situation look like for us? Becoming all things looks like knocking down every barrier that we've put up around ourselves. It looks like knocking down every judgment or prejudgment that we've made on people, any preconception, or even our own preferences, the things that get in the way of us being who God's called us to in the situations he's called us and put us in. So it's much more about our humility in seeing other people's needs and and where our preferences or our time or our money or the things that restrict us, where they come become a blockage for that. We want to lose that. So let's take a few minutes just to look at how we should share the gospel. Um, I feel that God's spoken to me about three key principles, again, that we want to look at. And while there are many different opportunities for sharing the gospel, I want us to focus in on the kind of opportunities that we already have. There will be times when we go deliberately out of our way to share the gospel with people, but I genuinely believe that God has put each of us in situations around people who don't know him with the very purpose of being those who introduce him to them. So we're going to look at the kind of situations, the kind of things that will happen this afternoon, tomorrow morning, your weekly routines, the kind of places you are in. And so the three principles, number, number one is to prioritize relationship. Again, Justin just shared, it's, it's a receptionist. He says hello to every single day. And on this one occasion, A, he saw something, B, he had compassion, um, and three, he, he took a step. He was confident enough in what he knew of Jesus to know that God wants to heal. God loves you. And so he did. God is a God of relationship. The call of the gospel is into a relationship. We should expect it to take time. God's not in a hurry. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. There's always now moments in God, and we want to respond to those but it's also okay to invest in relationship. God puts people on our heart. 
I'm sure each of us in this room have got people who don't know Jesus, who we want to know Jesus. And again, we can often put it all into one moment. Ah, tomorrow I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And maybe they'll respond. Um, The joy of doing an Alpha course is that it takes 10 weeks to share the gospel in what we could probably, or we have done in half an hour, or we could... Um, we could probably do in a couple of minutes, but there's something about relationship. There's something about uh, the kind of um, way that God deals with us and works through us that that looks a bit longer, and that's okay. I think in a, an instant microwave generation, I think we can often expect things to be in the moment um, and right now, and sometimes they are. But I believe God would speak to us today about the kind of relationships we've already got with the kind of people we're already around in the kind of places we're already going. And so I think for each of us, that applies to us. Um, And so I just want to encourage us to prioritize relationship. The second thing is to facilitate conversation. Again, it's another great alpha principle. Our desire is that we know the gospel well enough and that we have such a deep conviction of its importance that we live it out and speak it out. People have questions. We have questions. And people need to know that they can ask those questions and have them either answered or ask the questions together. We're not looking at today at creating a script that you can follow or a, or a one-liner that you can drop in and go, boom, there it is, there's the gospel. And so that means that there's hope in every situation and that no one is beyond God's rescue because he's equipped each of us with the people around us. There is hope for them. We are to expect conversation. One big fear that God wants to release us from is a fear of not having all the answers or not having it all together. This fear leads to silence. As we read earlier, It's important for us to prepare and to give an answer for the hope that we have when asked. That doesn't mean have an answer for everything in life. There are questions that are unanswerable. There are questions that somebody will have a better answer than you for. But there's an answer and his name is Jesus. And that is what we carry. The gospel is what we preach. And there's loads of stuff around it and there's loads of things that will cause people to reject the gospel or to accept the gospel And that's okay, because the work of salvation is God's. And if you'd like any specific training on how to answer life's big questions, we've got an amazing ministry called Kids Church. They ask amazing questions. I'm probably most challenged by the questions my kids ask me. Often when I'm praying for them, I pray things like, bless, what does blessing mean? And things like that, and you're just like, I don't know, I'm just um, praying for you, shh. Um, (laughs) And so we talk through those sort of things, but I'm finding at at kid level, and that's why I think the foundation of the simplicity of the gospel, and yet we know it's it's got a depth that will go beyond this life for us, but the simplicity of it, we've got to get to know, and we've got to be able to communicate. And so I think the third point I want to make is to share Jesus with people. If there's one next step in any of our conversations or relationships with those around us, I think Jesus is the answer. He's the name above every name we sing. He's the the one who has power in his name. We also sing. And I'm pretty sure that as we start 
introducing him to people and just using his name in conversation, it's going to spark a response one way or the other because it's either going to weird people out or it's going to make them go, oh, okay, oh, you, oh, you actually believe that and oh, you've got, you talk like you know him and those sort of things. And so I, I genuinely believe there is power in the name of Jesus. And I think that there's something about our culture where we can be as good as we like and as nice as we like to people, but that's not going to change them. They're going to think well of us, which is great, but that's not what the gospel is about and it's not what God calls us to do. He calls us to introduce people to him and his heart and his desire and his plan from the dawn of time is to bring people into relationship with himself. In every other aspect of our discipleship as we look to become more and more like Jesus, we're looking at what, what are the next steps, what are the little steps for us? For you, that may well be tomorrow morning in the office or in school or in uh, wherever you find yourself. When someone asks how your weekend is, it may be saying, yeah, it was great, went to church on Sunday, uh, had Sunday, sorry, you went to, where? Where did you go? You go to church? Oh, yeah. And off goes the conversation. It's an opportunity that, again, we can often miss. And I just want us to be intentional this week. We're going to respond in a few minutes um, with some, just some very practical thoughts. For others of us, uh, the next step may be working out how to steer a conversation that has kind of been ongoing for years um, in a way that brings a gospel opportunity. And again, that comes from understanding what is the gospel? How does it apply here? What, what can I say? What, what do I know of Jesus? What do I know of his heart and what he wants to do um, that will bring it into this moment? Or for others still, I think you may be at the point where there's someone that you're ready to just ask the question, do you want to accept Jesus as your saviour? Do, you do you want to choose to follow him? Are you at that point where we've had conversations for years, but actually you just need to make a, make a decision, don't you? And we'll have some of those relationships. Um, and so very practically now, just as we finish, um, I want us to each individually take a moment to just think, where is one place that I will be this week where there will be people who do not know Jesus? One place. It might be a workplace, might be school, uni, might be the pub, a restaurant, might be uh, on your weekly food shop, might be at a sports club, um, on the bus, on the train, in your commute. What is one place that you will be this week where you will be with people who don't know Jesus? The next question is, I want you to take a moment to picture one person in that place, who is the person that, that when you're in that place, you know, oh, they don't know Jesus. For many of us, it'll be someone we know quite well. It'll be a colleague we sit next to day in, day out, or a friend that we will, will go to the pub with, um, or the person that we do our weekly shopping with, if people do that um, together. <laughs> or the cashier at the, at the shop, till person. So who's that one person? And then I want us to ask this question, what could be different this week about our conversation from what we said last week in conversation? What could be different this week in a conversation with that person than how it was last week? And so we come to what is, what is the next step in, in working out what is that, that thing? What is the thing that moves us along the journey? And again... As we've said, there's, there's no pressure on you. 
I'm not wanting to pressure you this morning. I'm wanting to present the gospel to you. It's good news. We love people. And therefore, God, help us. <laughs> Give us confidence. Give us your spirit who empowers and equips us for conversation. And so for all of our weakness and imperfection, God loves to use us. As we share the gospel, we see the need for a greater reliance on him through prayer, through reading the Bible, through understanding the gospel, and through being filled and empowered by the Spirit. We live day by day with the Holy Spirit in us and at work through us. This is not something we are to do on our own, in our own strength. And so what's going to happen when you take that next step? What will happen next? Something will happen. I guarantee it. If, like Justin, you're saying, we've no idea what God's going to do. That's fine, you don't. God knows what he's going to do. And God knows at what part of that person's journey they're on. And so as every simple step of courageous obedience that we take, God's going to do something. And we've got to trust him enough that we know him enough to know that he's at work. We've got to sense some things in the spirit that's, as things open up. And we've got to respond accordingly to what he's calling us to do. So as you share the gospel, you're doing what Jesus has asked you to do. You're being obedient and you're giving people the opportunity to respond to him. He is the one who saves. You never can tell in his plan where your simple next step might take you and what it might open up for others around you. So as we close, just remember, don't get heavy about it. There's no pressure on you. Don't take yourself too seriously. Take Jesus seriously. Can we stand and pray as we finish? Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gospel. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us, for how you've made a way for us to have a relationship with you. Lord, we rejoice in that. We choose to rejoice in that, not just today, but Monday through Saturday. Lord Jesus, we say you're our saviour. You're the king of all things. Lord, you were there at the beginning of time. You'll be there at the end. You're the one who's coming back. And your desire is to seek and save the lost. Lord, and we want to share that desire. Lord, would you impart compassion in our hearts now for those around us? Lord, for, so we've just done a really simple exercise. Lord, would you, would you challenge us this week? Lord, would we... The gospel is a gospel of transformation. Lord, you transform us and you transform those around us. So Lord, in this moment, I pray would you transform us. Lord, I pray for courage to come, for boldness to come. Lord, for us not to have this big view of what we need to do or what we need to have together in order to take a next step. Lord, that's the joy of a step. It's just one after the other. Lord, it's not a jump. Lord, you're calling us to walk with you. And you're calling us to do what you've called us to do. Lord, and it's what you did so we can look to you. We know that you've been through it. Lord, we know that you've, you were accepted by some and rejected by others. Lord, rejection isn't failure on our part. Because what you look for is faithfulness and obedience. So Lord, we offer ourselves as those who will be faithful to you and to your commands, Lord. And we offer ourselves to be obedient in all that we do. So Holy Spirit, come and speak to us, Lord. Help us in our conversations as we finish now. Lord, bless us over tea and coffee and biscuits.
And Lord, be with us as we go by your spirit in your strength and your power. In Jesus' name, amen.